The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Hey, look at that. I am back. And uh, boy, thank you so much for your patience. Last week, I was in rough shape. And uh, truly, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you to everybody who reached out. Uh, You know what? I'll explain what's coming up uh, here in just a second. I will tell you that we are going to talk about the future of Twitter for those of us in the sports media with Jesse Karangu coming up in just a bit. Garrett Seawright will join me before him as we talk about the media reaction to Kyrie Irving's comments last week. That is all coming up, but first... For those that hadn't heard, uh, I was in a pretty serious crash on my bike uh, about a, what, it'll be two weeks ago uh, once Monday rolls around. I broke five bones. Well, initially the doctor thought I broke five bones. Now he thinks I may have broken six. Um, You know, I I had all the stuff done, right? The concussion test, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was in some rough shape. In fact, JB is not letting me work full time right now because the doctors have not decided uh, whether or not to do surgery on my wrists. And until that is settled, he doesn't want to risk making anything worse. So I am spending a whole lot of time right now listening to sports radio with absolutely nothing I can do about it. However, I do want to tell you a couple of things. First of all, whether you are riding a bike Uh, riding your skateboard, whatever the case may be, wear a helmet for the love of God. They are not going to save you if you get hit by a car. But in my case, you know, I was going to make a turn on my bike and just kind of pressed my front brake a little bit too hard and went flying over the handlebars. I I swear to you, I I am talking to you today because I was wearing a helmet. That is... One of those things that you do not realize just how important and what a difference maker it is until you learn it the hard way. So do me a favor and wear your helmet anytime you are on your bike or skateboard or, you know what, just walking. Play it safe. Uh, the other thing I will tell you is everybody that has reached out to me, however you have reached out to me, Twitter, email, Text message, phone call, if I have not responded, it does not mean I have not seen your message, and it does not mean that it does not mean a lot to me. Yeah, okay. Um, I've just, I've been overwhelmed, man. I mean, this is, this format is a community, I think, where most everybody knows everybody, or most everybody is aware of everybody and that is on display when we do the summit every year and boy has that been on display to me personally here in the last two weeks it it means the world to me I will get back to writing my column as soon as I can right now I I mean I, I am not exaggerating typing makes me tired so it's probably going to be through the end of November that would be my guess but again I don't know my doctors have told me that without surgery, uh, completely healing takes about six weeks with these injuries. It is two broken elbows, uh, two broken wrists, 
and two bones in my face. So six weeks entirely, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be able to type, drive, other stuff in between there. So as I get better, I will certainly let you know my plan is to continue doing this podcast, so at least I have some way to communicate with you in the meantime. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to take this time up top to say thank you so much uh, for thinking about me, and I'm going to get back into the swing of things just as quickly as I can. So I think Twitter has been talked about more in the last two weeks than at any point in its history. And obviously that is because Elon Musk was forced to finally close on the $44 billion acquisition of the platform. Jesse Karangu is joining me now. Jesse obviously writes about sports media for the site, but follows news media as well. And Jesse, as entrenched in the media as you are, I wonder what your reaction was to the proposed first $20 and then $8 a month price tag (laughs) for people and organizations to retain their verified status. It's hilarious because when Elon Musk first bought the company uh, way back, uh, I believe it was in April, he he talked about how he wants to create a forum for free speech and he wants to create a forum that gives everybody the chance to say something and, and speak their mind. Uh, it goes back to this, uh, you know, this trope and this uh, BS that we keep hearing from people like Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers of uh, quote unquote free thinking. He <laughs> right. wanted to make sure that free thinkers can express themselves as if they couldn't already. Uh, and now it's turned into a, a capitalistic venture. He's all about making sure that he makes money and he makes a profit, which is what every other owner of Twitter has been about. And it's just hilarious the hypocrisy that is now coming into fruition and coming into the forefront now that he finally has access to the books and he has access to all the employees and sees how things are happening. You say that's what every other owner of Twitter has been about. I mean, it's what they said they've been about. This is why his acquisition of Twitter was so absurd to begin with. It has never made money. It is a, in terms of a capitalistic venture, (laughs) it is a terrible business idea. It's fun for us. If, If anything, it was getting close, as close as it has ever been to making money with Twitter Blue, which gave uh, a lot of users the opportunity to read publications and read yep. uh, articles that normally wouldn't be free. So I, I want to take this to the media angle, because whether it is news or sports, I think the thing that a guy like Elon Musk, who every day I am more and more convinced he might not know anything. I thought um, you were going to say you're convinced every other day or every day that he's a robot, because that's that's what I'm thinking. As no, well. I, I am. I am 100. <laughs> like he's not a human being. No, like. no, I'm convinced he can't be because a robot would not be making this many stupid decisions. Uh, <laughs> the genius of Twitter is that it tricked all of us into thinking we had to be there and create free content for us, right? Yeah. The the invention of the verified tag was not about serving the verified. It was about serving people like you and me, letting us know that this information is coming from a firsthand source. So, and that you're in the in crowd. Like, I, I think charging people for something that they had never been charged before and charging people a, a price tag that's not inexpensive, like... Dude, I think this is the first step towards Twitter becoming MySpace. I, I really do. I know <laughs> yeah. that every member of every Twitter subculture has said, you know, once black Twitter leaves, that's the end of Twitter. Once basketball Twitter leaves, that's the end of Twitter, so on and so forth. Really, I, I think the media, sports and news media, are the only ones that still buy into this idea that Twitter is a necessity. Once media Twitter is gone, Twitter is gone. Yeah, 
I, I see where you're coming from. Here's the only thing that I think is a saving grace. Uh, you you mentioned the sex that kind of control Twitter. It's basketball Twitter. It's it's uh, black Twitter and it's media Twitter. And I just don't see any other social media platform that is as well organized and convening those groups of people to having kind of a singular conversation than Twitter. And until that emerges, uh, I, I don't see it changing that much. I do see its influence going down even more. I do see more conflicts happening. Uh, and, I, and I do see uh, a chance for uh, Twitter, you know, becoming a problem child for society and for America, you know, kind of when uh, it started to gain steam in uh, 2019, 2018, 2017, a lot of hate speech uh, came onto the platform. And I think we're going to start to see that again. And I think, unfortunately, God forbid, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think we're going to see acts of violence that will be able to connect to Twitter that will definitely affect its esteem and its prestige. Um, but until we finally actually have an organizational platform that brings those sects of people together in, in a much more cool, organized way where everybody can participate in a conversation, uh, I, I just don't see it happening. I feel like Instagram is just such a closed off wall at some point. Facebook is for old people. It's for boomers. <laughs> um, MySpace doesn't exist anymore, obviously. And, and TikTok, it's also another place that's it's really hard to have conversations. Yeah, well, I mean, let's call this what it is, right? Twitter's saving graces are going to be a couple of things. Number one, the, no, no other app offers real-time reaction the way Twitter does, right? Like, okay. I have my whole life been a huge college football fan. I have never enjoyed Saturdays more than the community that you find on Twitter. The other thing is we have seen this idea that Twitter does not serve us anymore um, with every sort of failed venture of parlor, truth, social. I mean, the idea of a media or liberal or whatever answer to Twitter, we've already seen how that goes. Just because it's not a liberal leaning thing does not mean it's not going to go the exact same way. I I agree. Um and I think that's what Elon's quest is, is to reattract those people who went to Parler, who went to Truth Social to come back and sort of uh, garner subscribers. Um, but again, even even if that happens, it doesn't you know, necessarily mean that it's going to succeed and it's, it's going to prosper and even find a way to generate revenue, which is the whole purpose of having a business. I, I, don't, I don't know where we go from here. As Elon Musk openly welcomes back, the Alex Joneses of the world, the Donald Trumps of the world, all of those people that, you know, were banned for whatever reason. And Twitter becomes this place that people fear it is, or let's say it does. I can't say for sure that's going to happen. Could we be looking at an environment with Twitter where, you know, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS, like they don't leave the platform. You just may not see as much promotion for it on their linear television networks as you see right now. 100%. I think uh, we're going to get to a point where uh, they're targeting a certain audience. They're targeting certain advertisers. Uh, we already saw a report the other day where an advertising agency is already recommending to advertisers to at least put a pause on advertising on Twitter. If they don't even have a place uh, as publishers to make money on Twitter, and if advertising agencies are already telling advertisers not to uh, look at Twitter due to content moderation issues, then... Uh, where does that leave Twitter? It, it leaves them in the dust, just just like Parler and Truth Social and Rumble and all these other platforms that you know were started to help free thinkers. But if anything, uh, nothing's free in this world.
Kyrie Irving has dominated the headlines at, geez, every sports outlet, it feels like, has found a different way to talk about this. If you are hearing this after Monday, I encourage you to go read the piece that Garrett Seawright wrote about the local reaction to Kyrie Irving in New York, because Garrett, you had a very interesting take of it sort of restored your faith in sports radio. Well, and I, I think it's it's easy, but literally anybody could sit on the radio and parrot what they think their fans think. Sure. Or or what they're going to believe, where Greg Giannotti of WFAN, Boomer and Geo didn't do that, where he took the hardline stance of, first of all, Kyrie Irving's comments are wrong. Number two, the, the way he handled it and responded to it is wrong. And 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 I think that's that's not maybe wading into the unpopular opinion that a lot of people, I think most people agree. Yes, his comments were wrong. His promotion of an anti-Semitic movie is wrong. But I think there's probably a certain portion of the population, and maybe not in New York. One of the better things about New York is they're not just blindly loyal to whoever wears their favorite team's colors. But for Greg Giannotti to be in the market where Kyrie Irving plays and say, this is ridiculous. The way he handled it is ridiculous. He is wrong. The league is wrong. The team is wrong. I think takes guts in 2022 because there are a lot of sports radio hosts who are just simply, to borrow a political phrase, are just playing to their base. To Stop tap dancing around it. For instance, when the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, I think Ken Carmen is a really good radio host. And he came out and was like, the only reason the Cleveland Browns are getting shit on is because we're the Cleveland Browns. We're terrible and everybody hates us. No, no. Whoever traded for Deshaun Watson was going to get <laughs> right. the the hate, whoever it was, whether it was the New England Patriots, whether it was, you know, teams that were recognized as venerable franchises, they were going to be questioned, denigrated, whatever. It might not be as insanely unpopular in New York as it would be in other markets, but still to have the berries to go out and do it, I I think deserves a a pat on the back or some semblance of admiration. Let's talk about something, another media reaction to this that I found very interesting, and that was Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA, who was very adamant, and I think he made some good points, that we have suspended guys for using homophobic language in the past. We have uh, fined or disciplined guys that have called each other racial epithets on the court in the past. How is this any different? Now, far be it from two white guys to sit here and talk about when it is and is not appropriate for black people to call each other the N-word on the court. But aside from this not happening on the court, I I don't know what the difference is in promoting a very discriminatory very supremacist in one way or another piece of art versus openly calling someone the F word or the N word or, or something like that. But Barkley's point about, Hey man, the NBA's missed the boat. If they haven't done it by now, there is no discipline that changes the perception of this. I I wonder what your reaction to that was. I, I think he's right that if the NBA comes back now and says, Hey, this is now the punishment or whatever. I promise you there will be, certain stories on a certain website that will use the term woke mob forces NBA's hand or whatever. But also if there's anybody who knows that can straddle that line, it's Charles Barkley. Cause Charles Barkley has said some stuff that uh, I think he's gotten away with because people, people like Charles Barkley. Sure. And, but I think he's right. It's such a, such a delicate area, I guess, because to a point, if you go too heavy handed, you're proving Kyrie Irving's point 
And I appreciate that Charles Barkley and um, Dan Bernstein and Nick Wright have all come out and said, hey, this is really stupid stuff that you're thinking. And and I also think they're trying to give Kyrie Irving the benefit of the doubt of like, I don't believe you have hate in your heart. I don't believe that you uh, see, are that's that's where it's dumb. That's the the one thing that I am really I don't get because I listened to that Nick uh, Nick Wright rant on his podcast saying that I believe Kyrie's heart is in the right place. Why has Kyrie earned that right? I don't. What I don't, about I don't know. Kyrie Irving in the past has earned that right? Now I could believe that he maybe didn't share this initially with hate in his heart, but the way this dude reacts to being questioned about anything, I guarantee you he is dug in at this point. I guarantee oh, yeah. you that if you asked him to explain what is in that movie, A, he probably has not watched it, but B, he would happily double down on the anti-Semitic uh, themes of this movie at this point. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's a child. I remember being as a kid, like, I, this is a weird thing, but like, I used to like, I used to like sweeping out my, my mom's van, right? Like I liked sure you see, see, seeing the process go from <laughs> dirty to clean. And I enjoyed doing that. The second that she was like, Hey, sweep out my van. I'm like, this sucks. And I think that's Kyrie Irving of like, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And so he thinks I want to have this discussion. He doesn't. He wants to say what he wants to say and not, exactly. be question, not be questioned on it, not be not have any repercussions whatsoever about what he thinks and feels. And the second that you're like, well, hold on a second, you're wrong about this. And here's why the the sentence that the statement that he made to Nick Friedell in that moment was, I don't have to understand anything from you. And right. Nick Friedell's not trying to say, hey, here's what Nick Friedell thinks. And you, he's like, bro, you <laughs> shared you shared a video that has fake quotes from Hitler and fake quotes about why Jew, the Jews made up the Holocaust. You don't need to understand it from me. You need to understand it from a complete worldview. I don't know how to handle these people because it's real easy to just like say, okay, you're stupid, you're wrong, and dismiss them. But also, I don't know that you're ever going to get through to Kyrie Irving <laughs> that he's yeah. so thick-skulled that I don't know that it matters. There is no need to couch it, right? The guy is a idiot. Period. Correct. Correct. Uh, but I, I think that one of the things that is interesting is moving forward is what this does to the media's relationship with Adam Silver. Uh, because I think that, look, I, I don't buy into the narrative that it is this huge problem that players have a lot of power in the league. Right. I, I personally think it makes the NBA offseason way more relevant. I do think, though, not being willing to come out and say, hey, we're going to hold this dude accountable the same way we held owners accountable when they would say or support really gross garbage. I, I think it looks bad. I think it makes Adam Silver look feckless. And that is a huge change from a guy that had the reputation of being the commissioner that best gets the pulse of the people that watch his sport. Um, I forget the name of the Sacramento Kings announcer that, you know, tweeted all uh, lives matter back Grant in 2020. Napier. Yeah. 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 Grant Napier tweets all lives matter. And Greg Giannotti said 10 seconds later, that guy is fired. Yeah. Kyrie Irving shares a video <laughs> that says the Holocaust didn't happen. So the Jews could take over the world. And he's shooting threes the next night. I, feckless is a good word to use there because 
what are you doing? What have you done? And, and, and to borrow a phrase from the NFL, like you're not protecting the, sh- the shield. You're not protecting the silhouette of Jerry West. That's right. Uh, if it, by, by just standing by and doing nothing. And I, and I, I think the players having the power is a good thing. 85% of the time, 90% of the time, this is one of those times where it's like, okay, somebody's got to, and again, Greg Giannotti was like to hell with the players having all the power or being afraid of the players. You got to do something here. And the longer they don't, the longer the story stretches out, the longer, the worse it gets. And I don't think that's a good thing for Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets, the NBA, the NBA's TV partners, the NBA's business interests, et cetera. And if it's a bad thing for them, it's a terrible thing for Adam Silver. I don't know how he handles that because he's got a history of, you know, when um, one of your league's GMs is like, hey, free Hong Kong. That, that didn't go well for the NBA and Adam Silver. And somehow they got through that and over that. And I don't I, I can't imagine wanting to be in that situation a second time. And yet here we are. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.